Welcome to Shape by Faith with your host, Teresa Rowe. To find out more about Shape by Faith and Teresa Rowe, please visit shapebyfaith.com or visit the YouTube channel, Facebook, or Instagram. And now, here is Teresa Rowe. Welcome to Shape by Faith, where we shape our bodies and hearts for God's purposes. My guest today is Marilyn Turk. She lives in Florida, which is so nice. She actually lives in Niceville. Um, Marilyn never thought she'd be writing books, and I think that is... So funny how God does that in our lives, but God definitely had other plans for her. She now writes historical fiction flavored with romance and suspense. Marilyn has written a series of four historical novels with lighthouse settings, Coastal Lights Legacy series set during and after the Civil War. One of those books, Revealing Light, won third place in the Faith, Hope, and Love Reader's Choice Award. She also wrote Silver Scroll, winner The Gilded Curse, a World War II novel set on Jekyll Island, Georgia. Its sequel, Shadowed by a Spy, is set on Long Island in Manhattan. Um, we're going to get into Marilyn's book. She has written a lot of novels, um, but besides writing, Marilyn teaches Bible studies to women groups at church. She sings in the choir and is a frequent guest speaker at other venues. She's also written and directed two Christmas plays, Three Women and a Baby. I love that. And The Unexpected Guests. So welcome to Shape by Faith, Marilyn. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah. So uh, before we started, uh, talking today, um, you were telling me that you and your husband just got back from kayaking. That's kind of nice. Yeah, it, it is. It's one of my favorite things to do. Yeah, and you live in that Niceville um, in the Florida Panhandle. It's beautiful there. Um, yeah. Let's let's talk about your background. Give us your background of where you grew up and what your family life was like. Well, I grew up in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And I went to college there at LSU. I didn't think I, there was anywhere else to go. I mean, having been raised right under its shadow. And I have two older brothers. I was the, the baby, the surprise for my dad, because he thought after those two boys, he wouldn't have a daughter. But I was born also several years later. So I sort of grew up more or less like an only child because it seems like my brothers were gone as you know when I was growing up and I went to college and when I graduated from college I wanted to go to the big city because I felt like where I grew up everybody knew me I wanted something new also um, I majored in journalism with the minor in advertising because that was really the only way I could go into advertising it was in the school of journalism so i ended up with it i i think of it as a dual degree but actually it was a degree in journalism with a minor in advertising so i felt like i needed to go to the big time to to make my fame and fortune so i moved from baton rouge to atlanta oh that's so. a jump and how did you do there well, I didn't hit the big time in advertising at that time, and I believe things have changed quite a bit now, but uh, I had been selling advertising for the student newspaper. I was on the staff of the student newspaper at LSU, mm -hmm. and my job was, uh, I was an, ad an advertising staff, 
there was four of us on the, in the advertising part and the rest of the people on it were, were journalism. And so I had the, the biggest customers for the paper and uh, it was a lot of hard work. And I felt like I really cut my teeth in advertising there. I wrote and had advertising. I wrote ads and it was printed in the paper and I did other things, you know, called on customers and put up with them. And <laughs> so, <laughs> I, um, so when I went to Atlanta, I thought, you know, I'm here. I am. <laughs> Everybody's going to want me, mm. but I was, I was a brand newbie, you know, I was right. a college kid and according to the world had no experience. So I started to apply for jobs and they wanted to hire me as a secretary. Oh, goodness. Nothing wrong with that, though. But well, that yeah. was back in the day when women were either secretaries, nurses or teachers. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so to step outside that box was just not really done. And so they said, well, if you want to be in advertising, you're going to have to take a job as a secretary. So I ended up taking a job at a, an Atlanta magazine, and it was secretarial work. I'm not cut out to be a secretary. You know, back <laughs> in typing class, oh no, I learned how to edit, but I was not the fastest typist. And mm -hmm. so we're competing with people for a job for a secretary. They're going to want the best typist. <laughs> but... Anyway, I, I did that for a few months and then I kept trying to get into sales and you know, kept having closed doors. And finally, I called on a television station there in Atlanta for their sales department. And there was a, um, a lady who worked in the advertising sales department at that particular television station. And she advised me to get a job selling consumables. In other words, advertising is not a consumable and so she thought if i get a job with a fortune 500 company selling consumables have get five years under my belt with that experience then come back and see her well you know some of us don't like to wait a long time and especially when you're a young person but i did go out and, and i got a job with a business machine company and i thoroughly hated that job but <laughs> But what I had to do was cold call businesses in the Atlanta area. Oh, gosh. And I had to demonstrate this business machine. So, I mean, it was torture. Mm. <laughs> but, but I did it because that was the job. And even though I hated the job, what it did, and you can look back and see what, how God did this, he allowed me to make a call on the regional headquarters of Kraft Foods. So when the man came to meet me, he was very pleasant. And uh, he said, uh, he was the business manager there, I believe. He, he came to meet me. He says, I, I hate to tell you, but I can't buy anything like that here. That's all done at our national headquarters. And I said, I don't care. I just have to demonstrate this machine. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that, that that was, he thought that was funny. So he asked me if I'd ever thought about working for Kraft Foods. I said, well, not really. But he said, well, give me your resume and I'll see what I can do. So I didn't think that would ever happen because I'd been turned down by everybody else and I didn't have enough experience. So um, 
it so happened that Kraft was opening a new branch, a new division of their company. Well, he knew about it, but I didn't. God knew about it too. That's right. So, so I he had uh, sent my inter- my resume over to the man who would be doing the hiring for that branch, and he gave them his recommendation for me. And so I was told later by the guy that interviewed me out of a stack about a foot high on his desk of resumes, it was down to two people. And mine was chosen because of my recommendation. Oh, wow. That was God orchestrated, wasn't it? (laughs) Wow. Wow. Okay. So tell, tell me about your faith. Did that start when you were a child? Did you have faith in God when you were a child or later in life? Or when did you get serious about, you know, following Christ as your Lord and Savior? Well, you know, that, that is sort of two questions. I did grow up in the church, mm-hmm. but I don't believe I really understood what it meant until I was moved away from home, single person in Atlanta. And I went to a singles event at a church I was going to. It was a popular church to go to at the time. So I went over there probably with the uh, the intention of meeting guys, you know, because what else does a young woman do, you know, right out of college? And so um, I remember going to this, this. It was a one day retreat, I guess, and we were sitting in this big circle, and I remember this one girl said, "Well, if I'm going to do this thing." I'm going to really do it because I'm not going to be a hypocrite. I hate hypocrites. Hmm. And obviously it just slapped me in the face. I'm like, Ooh, I'm a hypocrite. (laughs) I grew up knowing how to live right, but I haven't been doing it. Hmm. I've been, you know, getting in the party scene and all that stuff. And um, I I said, going to church on Sunday, but you know, not living it the rest of the week. So I went home that night got on my knees. I'm like, Lord, I don't want to be a hypocrite anymore. I want to be real and I want to really follow you. And so it was at that point, and this is really crazy because I grew up memorizing scripture. I went to church every Sunday, sometimes Wednesday. And um, I, after I, you know, gave my heart to the Lord that night, I started to look at my Bible. So I had a Bible, of course. Started looking at my Bible and I started seeing things that I never saw before. Mm-hmm. And then I found out that there was um, a more knowledgeable, older Christian that lived down the hall from me in this apartment complex. So I just beat a path to his door constantly. Saying, Marilyn, Marilyn, let's take a real quick break. I, I don't want to lose your story, but we need to break right here. Okay. We'll be back okay. with more Shape by Faith. Everyone stay tuned. Welcome back to Shape by Faith. And Marilyn Turk is my guest and she's an author and um, a writer and a Bible study teacher. And I I hated to interrupt you, Marilyn, but you were you were sharing your testimony. So pick it up where you left off. Okay. Well, I was just saying that once I really gave my heart to the Lord, he opened my eyes to scripture like I'd never seen it before. It literally came alive. The Bible says that the word of God is alive and it is. And so I just 
started reading it. I, I found, I changed my version. I, I had grown up with the King James. And then about that time, the New International came out, which for me was a little easier to understand. So I just started reading the word and really got more involved in what it said and how it affected my life. And, and fortunately, you know, the founder of Craft, who I was working for at the time, was a Christian. Mm. And he was a very devout Christian. Mm -hmm. So I was really excited to hear his faith story. And I felt like God put me in that company for a purpose. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about your writing. When did you realize God was calling you to write? I'm not really sure when I felt like he was calling me to write. I do think I used to read Guidepost magazine. It was a, when I got married um, the first time, my neighbor, who was a Gideon, my parents' neighbor, gave me a subscription to Guidepost magazine for a wedding gift. Mm-hmm. And so I had been reading that for years and years and years. I mean, I read it for years and years and years. And actually, I didn't get married. I kind of jumped ahead of the story. I was in Atlanta single for you know, a few years before I got married. But I was reading this magazine every day. And I would read the stories. And I then started reading the devotions that come from the Daily Guidepost book. And I kept thinking, well, I think I could write a devotion sometime. And so I started thinking in terms of devotions when things would happen and a, a scripture would relate to what happened. I thought, oh, that could be a devotion. So what happened was I got that magazine and going through it, I would I usually read it from cover to cover. But you know how sometimes you don't get to read a whole magazine and it sits aside for a while. Yes. So one day I thought it's time for me to throw out these magazines I've had stacking up. So I started flipping through them and I just happened to flip through one that advertised their writer's workshop and the, I was getting ready to throw it out and I had not seen that ad and the deadline was within just a few weeks to turn in, to submit something. So I thought, well, I'm going to submit. So I did. And, um, gosh, that's really getting ahead of myself, but this is after I moved to Florida that this happened and uh, I had submitted to the magazine before I never heard back from them. But after I moved to Florida and then I submitted to that contest in 2010, I ended up winning the workshop. And uh, one of the people who won for that year, it's every other year. And eventually I was able to submit to the devotional book. And so I've been blessed to be part of that now for, I don't know, seven years or so, something like that. It's a real blessing to be part of that because some of the people who I think are heroes of the faith have been, I mean, Norman Vincent Peale started the book and the, and the magazine. And so a lot of those people wrote for both since his time. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like standing on the shoulders of giants, you know? Right. Right. Let, let's talk about, because your book is about, you know, your devotions is about lighthouse devotions, but when did you become a lighthouse enthusiast? Pretty much after I moved to Florida. I always liked the way lighthouses looked, but I hadn't really gotten into learning more about them. But when I moved to Florida and I was working in sales 
and I was working in food service sales, and you don't usually call on restaurants during the lunch hour. Mm. Not a good thing to do. Correct. So I ended up, I was in Pensacola that day, and I had just left an account on the Naval Air Station there. And I looked across the street, and I saw a lighthouse. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my goodness, it's right there. So I thought, well, I want to go see it. And I didn't even know how to get to it. So I followed a truck and ended up at this lighthouse and it was pouring down rain. So I pulled up next to the, the truck that pulled in and it, it was raining too hard to get out. The man rolled down his window. I rolled down mine and, and he said, can I help you? And I said, yes, I want to get in. He goes, well, we're not open. You know, I'm just here at work. And he said, can you come back on the weekend? I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to come in today. And he's like, well, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the only one here. And, um, you know, we're not usually open during the week. And, and this is the first time I ever said these words. I said, well, I'm an author and I need <laughs> to come in and see this lighthouse. I couldn't believe those words came out of my mouth. But when they did, he goes, well, can you come back in about an hour when somebody else is here too? And I'm like, Okay. <laughs> So I, I went back and he gave me a tour of the in, of the lighthouse, the history, you know, the Civil War history that happened there. And because I, I've always enjoyed reading about the Civil War because it happened right here in the South where I live. So it was just it was just amazing. And then after that, I was just hit bit bit by the lighthouse bug. That is a neat story. You are very persistent in your life. <laughs> <laughs> oh. God knew uh, that too. He said, she's a go-getter. Um, I've never that. been inside of a lighthouse. Of course, we've seen lighthouses from a distance, but never been inside. I've always wanted to. Um, what was the inspiration behind your book, Lighthouse Devotions? And then the subtitle, A Book of 52 Inspiring Lighthouse Stories. Well, several years ago when I started writing, I was told that all the right, every writer needed their own blog. And from the blogs I had seen, people just talked about to me mundane things. You know, I had breakfast this morning or something. And I thought, that's just boring. I don't want to write something boring. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, well, what could I write about? And so I thought about, well, lighthouses. So I started researching the history because to me, that's the history. I'm more in interested in the history of the building and the people that lived there, the stories that they had to tell. Than I am the building itself. I mean, even though I like to look at them, you know, I don't really care how tall they are, you know, <laughs> that sort of mm -hmm. thing. Right. So um, I started researching and finding stories that I could write. And when I started writing them, a Bible verse would come to my mind. And when I first started this blog, I wasn't intending it to be a Christian blog. It was just going to be a story about lighthouses. Mm -hmm. And But I thought, well, should I put the scripture or not? And it was like God just thumped me in the head and said, why do you think I'm giving you the scripture? <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. So, and I was like, okay, well, whether I offend someone or not, I will put a scripture there. So it became a devotional, not just a story, but a devotional because I had the scripture element in it. And then after writing that many years, five years consistently every week, I have people asking, when are you going to put this in a book? Oh. And I thought about it. So at that time, I, then I thought about it and realized the cost of publishing a color copy, 
color pictures is very prohibitive for most people to buy. So I had to reduce the number of devotions I put in the book. And that's why we have 52. I could do book two, book three, book four. I've I've written well over a hundred and I still write them, but not as often as I did before. But the good thing about it is they're on the web, but they stay there. The stories are still there. So I I have new readers all the time and I'm I'm about to hit 1.25 million. Wow. That is awesome. Okay, let's take another quick break right here. We'll be back with more Shape by Faith. Welcome back to Shape by Faith. So Marilyn, um, it is so fascinating that you love lighthouses, that you've written about them. Um, You have a lot of books, um, and I want you to tell us about those. But why did you start the Blue Lake Christian Writers Conference? And I believe it was a retreat. It was called a retreat back then, right? Right. I started out calling a retreat because I didn't think it was big enough to be called a conference, but it really is a conference. It has all the elements of a conference. And I'm now being told that it needs to be called a conference. So now we call ourselves a conference. Okay. And I started it because when I started writing, I went to a small local conference that was not Christian. And but there was one Christian lady there who recommended I go to the Blue Ridge Conference, Blue Ridge Mountains Conference, which is actually going on right now, uh, which is uh, near Asheville, North Carolina. Uh-huh. It's a very large conference. So I started going to that. I went every year for several years and learned a lot and met a lot of faculty, took classes and just really enjoyed it. And then I went to the Mount Hermon conference a couple of times out in California. And I think that was before I think I, then I went to the Florida conference, which there's actually is a conference in Florida, but it's central Florida, which is a good seven hours from where I am. So these big conferences are far away and they're expensive. And I thought we need one for our area for more like the, the Gulf coast area. That's more affordable, not so far away. Mm-hmm. So when you've been in the corporate world, you learn that whenever you have a suggestion, be prepared to do whatever it is you suggest. Yes, uh, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> so that was it. I thought, well, I guess I'll have to start one. And so um, I didn't know where to go. I thought the beach would be great, but the beach would not be affordable. So I was asked to go to speak at a retreat at a the Methodist campground, which is in South Alabama. It's called Blue Lake. And I was there and I'd never been there before, but most of the people around here had been and I was new to the area. And it was like God tapped me on the shoulder and said, this is where you're going to have it. And I, oh, it had everything we needed. It had a chapel. It had classrooms. It had places for people to sleep in the cafeteria. It had, and it was on a beautiful wood-like setting with a lake. I mean, it's perfect. It's a retreat-like setting. Mm-hmm. Another reason I thought it might be a retreat. But um, from then on, I just started trying to figure out who I'd like to have, what kind of classes. I wanted to mix. I wanted to invite people from classes that I had taken and I was just amazed the first year and I invited people to come to a conference that had I'd never erected a conference before. It was brand new. And I, it was just a God thing that they even agreed to come. 
but really did not know what I was doing, but I knew what I wanted. I knew what I, how I wanted it to work. So I, it was just literally stepping out on faith and saying, God, you've got this. You're going to have to take it over. And he did. He provided everything I needed and he still does to this day. So it's just, it's, it's a real, it's a miracle in my opinion. And I never want to have more than a hundred people. I want to keep it intimate because we are not a big conference. We don't ever want to be a big conference, but we want to be the, a place where people can learn and grow and be inspired and be encouraged. And so it's, it's very faith-based. We have praise and worship. We have uh, uh, people who will pray with you, a prayer basket, and relationships are formed. And, and it's just been wonderful to see how people have been blessed by doing this. So I know that God wanted it to happen so that it would bless other people. Absolutely. Okay. So when's your next conference? It is March the 20th to the 23rd of 2024. Where so, can people find out more information about it? We have a website. There's not a whole lot. Of, I mean, you can look at what happened this year. I have not updated it for next year yet, but you can get the gist of it by going to um, www.bluelake.com cwr.com okay and back when it was a retreat it was christian writers retreat so now it's cwr so it's blue like cwr.com okay we've only got a, a few minutes at the very most tell us about your other books and where we can find them okay well as a result of going to conferences uh, people started talking about books and i had never intended to write a book but I felt like, you know, I've listened to all these people talking about their books. And so that what if, what if I wrote a book, what would it be about? Well, guess what? Lighthouses. So I ended up writing and pitching a series of lighthouse books of lighthouses set in Florida, historical stories that uh, started in the Civil War and the series finishes after and during Reconstruction so this uh, 1861 to 1878, I think. And um, so I wrote those. And then I ended up writing a book um, set in World War II that's set at Jekyll Island. So I wrote that book, The Gilded Curse, and its sequel, Shouted by a Spy. And then I kind of got hooked in World War II. But because of my lighthouse experience, I went... Um, became a we did volunteer lighthouse keeping some places and I got the feel for what it's like to renovate a lighthouse and so uh, I could go on but I know you're running out of time my recent book is the escape game which takes place over in England and Germany and during World War II okay Marilyn where can we find out more about you and your books well I have a website it's marilynturk.com okay I also have a page on Amazon. If you order anything from Amazon, you can go there and find me and my books. You could also, uh, if you don't want to order from Amazon, you can find me under goodreads.com, bookbub.com, christianbook.com. About anywhere. Just put your name in. <laughs> yeah, just Marilyn. put my name in. I'll yeah. pop up somewhere. <laughs> Marilyn, thank you so much. You have a fascinating story, and thank you for writing about lighthouses, and thank you for being a guest. Thank you. Absolutely. Enjoy. 
And thank you. I'm Teresa Rowe. Everyone have a blessed day. Bye. Thank you for listening to Shape by Faith with Teresa Rowe. Remember to visit shapebyfaith.com to find out more about workouts, the TV show, podcasts, blogs, Shape by Faith products, and much more.